You're listening to Ari Snapshots. Each fortnight, we chat about the science behind the weeds, tackling herbicide resistance, and bringing you the latest information with experts in the field. For the podcast today, we're chatting with Dr. Baruch Rubin. He's a professor emeritus of weed science at the Institute of Plant Science and Genetics in Agriculture at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem in Israel. How are you, Baruch? Oh, very fine. Very good. Excellent to hear. And it's great to have you back. I've heard that you were doing a sabbatical here over a decade ago. So it must 15 be 15 years 15 ago. 15 years exactly, ago. Yeah. And uh, it was a very nice period of time. And uh, since then, I wasn't here. So 15 years gap is filled today. Yes, yeah. yes. So can you tell us a little bit of background about your work you do at the University of Jerusalem? Yeah, I'm involved in both teaching and research. Uh, and we are uh, dealing only with weed science as a, as a whole. Uh, herbicide behavior in plant and soil, uh, weed behavior in population and individuals, resistant mechanism. And we collect the, we monitor and collect uh, herbicide resistant weeds. We are the world record holding in herbicide resistant weeds per square kilometers cultivated. Okay. Cultivated kilometers. And uh, we have nine weeds per 1,000 square kilometers cultivated right. compared to 0.2 in Australia. Okay. Is that because we are very small? Yes, yes. In yeah. comparison, yes. No, it's really quite interesting. I was chatting with Peter Newman. He's our communications lead. And he was really interested in some of the work that you focused on with herbicides working at night. And it's a bit of an issue here because Australia being such a big country, in some parts of the country, night spraying is kind of very well accepted and it's a done thing. And then in other parts of the country, in particular where cotton is grown, people don't like spraying at night because of the spray drift issues. But what I wanted to focus on with you was whether or not there was any differences in efficacy of spraying at night and just wondered if you could expand a bit on your research yeah, in that area. Uh, some fast or rapid acting herbicide, when you apply them in the light, they start working in the day, in the minute two or minute three after penetration. But then they will have the like hypersensitive response. They, they kill the cells surrounding the the drops that you applied, but then the movement of the herbicide f to further uh, cells is inhibited or prevented. Right. Uh, but when you apply at night, you allow penetration without activity because they are not light dependent. Uh, there is no light. So light dependent activity is not there. This allows the herbicide to be well distributed with, within the leaf of the plant. And when the light comes on with a sign rise, you get much better killing. Right. We showed, for example, that with Paraquat, you can reduce the application rate by 50% without compromising on the activity. And this in terms of toxic or active ingredient uh, that you can reduce the price, the load on the environment, it's very important. So in some 
light dependent herbicide like oxyfluorophane PPO inhibitors, uh, PS2 inhibitors, a paraquat. Uh, the application at night is safer because it's, there is less wind. It's less windy. It's, it does not act fast, so you don't get the fast burning. And, uh, and uh, it's, it's important to use the equipment for more hours. Contractors like it very much because they have more acreage per day to, to make. Yeah, so obviously with spraying at night, people can – obviously it looks like there is – from your research, there's definitely some benefits to spraying at night then, but also there's that time-saving factor as well of having more hours in the day where herbicide can be applied, which is important in some farming systems. Mm-hmm. And I did chat with Peter Newman as well. Uh, he asked specifically about uh, glyphosate, and I wondered if you had any commentary around efficacy of glyphosate at night because apparently there is some questions around whether or not it works well, if you applied at night. Did you have any comments on that? The light intensity is important for glyphosate, but application at night doesn't have much advantage or disadvantage apart from the ergonomic aspect and the uh, mechanical parts that you are using the sprayer for more hours. But uh, we found that the as I said before, some other herbicide, which are their activity is really light dependent. The uh, activity at night is important. What we found in, in glyphosate is that spray volume is very important right. because many uh, contractors tend to use big drops to spray for and fallow or in preparation before seeding or after immediately after seeding right. and when you are using uh, high volume and big drops the d- drainage from the leaves is bigger and the control goes down so the lower the volume and the smaller the spray drops is better and uh, although it is more sensitive to drift mm. to next door yes. uh, fields. But when you have no problems with that, uh, spraying with low volume and higher concentration, uh, we have proven that the farmers understand now they don't, they don't have to wash the plant with the spray volume. Right. They can just make sure that every plant is getting drops and the herbicide will be translocated within the plant and gets higher activity. Well, that's really interesting. Yeah, and very interesting to hear about your research about the other herbicides and their efficacy at night as well. It's definitely a big topic in Australia around night spraying, and so it's always interesting to be able to take on board all those research results that have come out for the pros and cons for that type of activity. But given that you're from Israel, it's really interesting to maybe for the audience hear a bit about farming systems where you're from. So would you be able to give us a little bit of an overview yeah. how it compares to Australia? Yeah, we, it, it, the farms are by far smaller than uh, here. 
here you have uh, 5,000 hectares. Yeah. Uh, we don't have that size at all. Uh, the, the, the biggest one is 2,000 hectares, so then it's considered to be big farmer. Mm. And uh, floats are paddocks are much smaller. And y- you are sensitive to neighbors because in so many times you have horticultural crop next to herbal crops or you have vineyard next to wheat and then drift is become an issue mm. herbicide drift particularly with the herbicides like 2,4-D and alike we have a problem of carryover of residues because we have less water for irrigation right. and the soil degradation, herbicide degradation in soil is slower. Mm. We don't have any acidic soil in the country, while in WA, for example, all soils are acidic and uh, soil pH is an issue. In Israel, it's vice versa. It is, for example, ALS herbicides are more residual than here. Right. And we have to be very careful with the carryover. Farming intensity and number of crops per year is larger in Israel than here, uh, particularly where water is available. So we have two, three, and sometimes even four crops per year. Wow, four crops per year. Yeah, That's this, very intense. This intensity causes larger or more broad use of pesticide, mm. which makes us, unfortunately, among the the highest pesticide users in the world. Right. Uh, because we, the intensity of the agriculture and the, the fact that we are growing more than one crop, we use more pesticide. Yeah. In vegetables, for example, we use uh, in many cases, we use uh, soil fumigation, which means using 500 kilo per hectare, 500 wow, kilos wow. per hectare of methyl bromide or mm. of uh, uh, other soil fumigants. Mm. They are used in, uh, in high rate. And uh, of course, this makes us uh, record users of uh, pesticide. But this is not the case in arable crops. We uh, try to maintain one crop per year. In the irrigated area, sometimes we double crop. We do wheat for hay or for silage in the winter time, and then followed by cotton or corn or some other summer crop. So this double cropping again increases the pesticide use but this makes it uh, more uh, valuable in terms of crop uh, rotation. Some vegetables are grown as monoculture, for example, strawberries. Although it is a minor crop, it is very important in Israel because we can export strawberries to Europe for the Christmas time. Right, okay, yeah. And this is, gets high, high value, prices, yeah. high value, cash crop, and they grow strawberry on the same field year after year. Right, yeah. And, but they have to fumigate the soil. And then again, it's high rate, uh, high use of pesticide. The Israeli, we have some important places where we do agriculture in the desert. 
which is again gives us an advantage in in terms of high temperature so we can grow watermelon in the winter time and mm. export to Europe again uh, for exportation this is a high tech very high tech crop husbandry in the desert yeah, and uh, again we are pioneering the water use efficiency and the sources of water like uh, uh, recycled water desalted water 50% of the water that we use in the country is desalted yeah okay right. that we have now five uh, plants that produce about 700 million cubic meter per year of desalted water yeah right, right. some places drink only desalted water some places we try to take from the groundwater and mix it with the desalted water and some for agricultural use we mix desalted water with recycled water which are rich with organic dissolved organic matter and so we use a lot of drip irrigation which also it's an issue in weed science how the herbicide behave under such an irrigation system right which yeah, is complicated yeah yeah yeah, lots of interesting factors in Israel, it sounds like, and quite different to farming systems in Australia. So, yeah, thank you so much for explaining a little bit about what it's like back home for you and also going into those details about herbicide use at night. We really appreciate your commentary yeah. around that. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you.